So um, good afternoon. This is this is going to be. What I mean, I say it's going to be short because I never know, but it's definitely compact. It's intense. Um, we finished up how high is free, but like I said, we're never really going to be finished with that. Um, but I want to start. I want to say, listen to him, but I think, no, I did that before, and I don't think that's a strong way to say what I want to say today. Um, I guess, really, who, do you, who you listen to, or whose report? I don't, I don't know what to call this yet. I just don't. I can just tell you it's about who are we swayed by? Like, are we going to listen to what we know God says, what we know his word says, or are we going to be intimidated by the enemy and what the enemy says? Um, and maybe through the course of this, you guys can help me figure out the title. But for me, it's God's really beginning to show me, well, who are you going to listen to? What are you going to listen to? If, if, if I tell you something, or if my word tells you something, and then the enemy in life and situations tell you something else. Who are you going to be swayed by? Whose report are you going to believe? You know? Um, and I thought about that as a title too. Whose report should you believe? Maybe we might land there. But let's just talk about this. I want you to go back with me where we left off in the last message in Matthew chapter 16. I mean, in Mark chapter 16. And I want to lay some foundations down again, and I want to go forward from there. So um, we understand from what we've studied, you know, and how high is free to that very last um, chapter that Jesus had been resurrected. He appeared to Mary. She went to all the disciples. They didn't believe. Then she went, and then he appeared to others and they didn't believe um and the disciples now i'm talking about the disciples didn't believe and i found it very interesting i want us to think about this please why is jesus appearing first and having to come to other people other than his disciples to let them know that he's risen it's a deep thought i don't want jesus to have to go to people that are not saved before he could come to me. I'm going to assume that he went to those he knew who would believe and he didn't go to them. And even when he remember walked through the wall and appeared to Thomas, he was like, let me, unless I touch a, you, you know, his hand, he said before, unless I touch his hand and put my, my hand in the size, I will not believe. It was, a, it was a determination. I refuse to believe he is risen. Um, I refuse to believe that my circumstances are taken care of, that I'm healed, that I'm covered, that I'm, unless he does something miraculous or supernatural for me, I refuse to believe that by his stripes I'm healed and made whole. I refuse to believe he, you know, he, he, 
he supplies my need according to his riches and glory, unless I can thrust my hand into the ATM and punch in the numbers and see the money there in front of my face. I refuse to believe unless you give me something physical. And he gave Thomas his wish, but he gave him his wish with a condition. Don't be doubting, but only believe. Only believe, he said, believe only. It's interesting because I hear about Thomas there and then I hear about him no more. So don't look like he went on to become one of the great disciples or even get a book in the Bible or anything because I'm pretty sure he probably continued to function out of that. I need to see something to believe. I'm laying this down for a foundation reason. Listen to me close. Jesus said at one point when they said, show us a sign and we'll believe that you're of God. He said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after sign and none will be given to them save that of the prophet Jonas, meaning you're going to wind up in the whale's belly for a couple of days. That's the only sign you're going to get. So I begin to say to God, help me transition into that next level of only believing. I believe I have a, 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 a good faith. I believe I have a, a, you know, a decent faith. I think it's strong. I think, you know, there's areas that you can't make me question God at all. Like, no, I already know, you know, in certain areas like finances and stuff like that, it's like, I believe that the, he provides for me better than the birds of the air. And I don't expect the toil or spin to, to live or have an increase or have food or anything else. I, I that's, you know, hmm. Let me, I, I don't want to share this because I felt it was kind of like my own personal story, but I'll share it because it's family. I remember when I was poor. I remember when I was homeless. I remember when I could believe God to heal me, but I couldn't believe God to meet the needs and to provide for my family. And as a man, you got a wife and you got three kids. That's a very painful thing. And you feel like a failure. You can't provide for your family. It's a, it's a hard road. And, and people around you will confirm it, you know, that you're, you're, you're a failure. And I remember going before God and I was trying to be holy and I was trying to be right. And I was trying, if I could just fix this, if I could just do that right, if I could just check my life for every morsel of sin that I could straighten out so that things would flow for me. Um, man, it must be some sin in my life that I'm not aware of and, you know, and all this stuff. And, and daddy spoke to me one day and he said, you're going on a spiritual witch hunt. You're sorting out and searching out sin in you when that should never be your focus. You should be looking to my goodness and my mercy and my grace. You should not be digging around in your life trying to find out what's wrong with you. As I said in last week's message, as I ended, the thing that you focus on is the thing that you drift toward. So if you're focusing on your sin, then you're going into it. If you focus on your shortcoming, you focus on your lack, you focus on your fear, you focus on anything, that's the thing you're going to get more of because you're going to draw unto you what you set your eyes upon, what you set your heart upon. Setting your heart upon not being wrong is still setting your heart on wrong and it's going to make you pursue more wrong. That's what Romans chapter seven thing, the thing I don't want to do, that's the 
thing that I do. See, you, the thing you put your focus on is the thing that you're going to absorb. And you're going to take more of it in as you behold it, you become it. So God began to say to me, focus on my goodness, focus on my grace, focus on my love. And I was like, okay, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do all that, but I'm broke. I can't pay my bills. I feel ashamed. I don't know what to do. And I went back and forth with it. And one day I got the heart to say this prayer. I said, God, I know about holiness. I know about purity. I know about all these other things. But right now, I need some money. And can we just get that right? And I can do the rest of it if I'm not worried about paying bills and how I'm going to eat, how I'm going to provide for my This is the most important thing to me. God, maybe it's not the most important thing to you, but it's the most important thing to me right now. Is that okay? And I remember saying that to God alone because I knew that if I had said it to my pastor or anybody else, they would have told me I was out of line, I was out of balance and all this kind of stuff. So I said, me and God, this is going to be, it's just going to have to be a me and you thing. You know, this is going to be one of those, you know, I think it's Romans 8 or 7. Romans, um, if your meat offends your brother, don't eat it before them, but just do it alone type thing. Let's be okay. I'm trying to, is that 14? Whatever it is. You're, I'm sure you'll put it in the comments. But this became one of those, well, I don't even want to offend my brother or get him in it that I'm saying to God right now, show me the money. I don't want to talk about anything else right now. Help me here. And God said to me, deal. He said it to me, deal. And I said, I'm just going to look up scriptures right now for finances and, and prosperity and and. And I'm not trying to even be super rich, girl. I just want to pay my bills. I just want to be able to take care of my family like a man's supposed to do. It wasn't even me on my face about wealth. But I began looking up those scriptures on wealth and, and prosperity and God providing. And as I began to study the Proverbs, every one of them said, seek wisdom. As you seek wisdom, it'll come with length of days in one hand, wealth and honor in the other. Oh, so then I need wisdom. Then I found out Solomon sought wisdom and it made him the richest man. Okay, then let me seek. Okay, it is 14. Okay, Romans 14, 21. Thank you, um, Celine. And so here we have it. I began to seek God for provision. And in provision, it led me to seeking wisdom. And in wisdom, it said to him, but length of days comes in one hand, which is health and wealth and honor in the other. So then it, health came with it. And then it, it, it just became more about the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God said, Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. See, so seeking wealth led me to seeking wisdom, led me to seeking Jesus. It, 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 it came back around to provision is in him. If you want to seek wisdom, Jesus is the wisdom of God and the power of God. Well, if he's the wisdom, I need the wisdom and the power is the move of God and he's the power, then I need to just focus on him. So I stopped seeking wealth and I stopped seeking the health and I stopped seeking the other stuff and I just got focused in that area still. I'm still, my mind was still, I need to pay bills in that area. And after a time, my spirit, something clicked in my spirit, and I said, we'll never lack again. We'll never lack again. And I said it to Angela. I said, we will never be in this place again. We will never lack again. And I spoke that, and that was 
like what, almost 30 years ago? It's like 30 years ago now, and it have not lacked a dime. And you look up here right now, and there's only like six of us up here, and still the church, I, I don't use, I wasn't in the past, I look at the church's account, I looked at the church's account, the church is doing phenomenal, just never lack anything. We just don't. In my personal finances, in my businesses, I'm seeing that as long as all my people are in one accord with me, that everything click, 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 click. I see it. And one accord with me doesn't mean you have to agree with me on everything. It means that you have to agree with me on the things of God that I say. That You don't have to agree with me on personal stuff, but you got to agree with me on that because that's the truth that I've learned to work. And, and, and it works for me and it works for you and it works for all of us. And the people of God said, it works. It, it, and it works easy. It really does. He said, take, take my yoke upon you and learn me for my yoke is easy. So God, God's plan for us Behold, again, back to behold the birds of the air. So what do you believe? I know I gave you a long startup speech, but what do we believe? And that's what God began to deal with me about. What are you going to believe? Whose report? Like, are you going to believe the report of the world? Are you going to believe the report of the enemy? Are you going to believe the report uh, uh, on the news? Are you going to believe this? And then he said, more important, are you going to believe yourself over me? See, what the world says and what people say and all that, and this person speaking this and they speaking negative and they speaking evil and this is going to, yeah, but none of that matters if you don't buy it. None of that matters if you don't receive it. You identify with the fears that you identify with. If we, how can, how's a better way to say that? I got it. The things that you see and hear on the news and people speak over you and the words that are said about you and everything else only affect you when you identify to it as truth. You, bear, you understand what I'm saying? Nobody can say anything about me. If somebody came to me and said, you know, I heard you was gay. I'm not going to lose my ish over that. It's like, and... But if I thought there was truth to it, or I, if there was truth to it, or I feared it, then I, well, who said that? Or I, yeah, I'll punch you in your mouth. Now I'm going to get all upset because it hit something in me that I bore witness with me. It's a truth that I probably buried but never dealt with. It's a something inside of me that I see it as a fact, but I just don't want to own it. So I'd rather fight you about it than be healed or freed of it. So when people begin to come to you and tell you or the enemy comes to you or life comes to you and says poverty or sickness is yours and there's something wrong in your life, that's why you got it. And this is why God don't heal you. The, the reason that that affects you and throws you into a tizzy is because you believe it. There's something in you still that hasn't been delivered. And I just want to lay this down. I, man, I got all these scriptures I want to share, but I just want to make sure I lay this down as a foundation. You don't get free by taking strong stands and saying, I rebuke that. I receive that in Jesus' name. That doesn't work. That's an outward mask. I would rather go inside and say, well, God, why did that affect me like that? Why, why do I believe that? And I do believe help my unbelief. I found that you can get God to move more in humility than you can in these taking these gangster stands. I'm just telling you this as a fact. 
I've learned to say to God, God, please bless me according to your word. Not, well, I'm standing on it because your word says you should provide all my needs. And I'm saying that my needs are met in the name of Jesus. You know, you can do that. I don't. I say, God, your word says you provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. And I'm not seeing the manifestation of that, but I sure want to. So if you would be so kind. Allow me the grace to walk into this and receive this. Am I speaking to somebody right now? It's just something about it. How would you like your kids? How would you like for your kids to come to you and say, well, you're my parent and you're supposed to feed me and then you're supposed to provide for me. And so I expect you to have my food in, in, in your name when I come home. You'd be like, yeah, you might not eat. Because even though you were planning to do that anyway, that's not a way to motivate somebody. And who better to be humble and loving toward but the almighty living God? To come before God and say, God, I know your word says all my needs are met. I know your word says I'm delivered from fear. I know your word says all this stuff. But, you know, I'm coming to you as your child saying, if you would be so kind. Help a brother out. I I thank you for your mercy and grace. And if you would be so kind, I could use a little bit more right now. This is me. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what works for me. I don't go before God with with, with that sense of my God. Okay, 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 okay. With that sense of entitlement. I never want to get so bold in God that I become entitled that I feel like he, like, like I got a right to demand something of him. I always want to be humble and I always want to come before God with a contrite heart. I always want to come before him saying what you've done, Jesus, what you've done for me so far, I don't deserve. All your goodness that you show me so far, I know I'm not worthy of it in my flesh, but here's what I do know. You sent your son to die for me. And because he did, I can have all things that your word promises. So I humble myself before you and say, Father, according to your word, be kind to me. Hmm. I just want to let that marinate a few seconds. So. One of the things that Nellie and I were talking about this morning, I said, you know, we we're talking about on this subject and God had already given me this word, but I didn't see how it was going to tie in. And now and I do, you know, I said, you know, I've gone through most of my life with things that I didn't feel I was worthy of. And I had to accept because that's just the way it is. I'm settled for things that made me unhappy, but oh, well. This is it. In my heart and in your heart, you know that you're supposed to have what God promises. But there's that other side of, quote unquote, reality that says, but that's not the case. So then you begin to believe that there's a quest. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? 
that there's a quest that you have to go on in order to receive the goodness and the great things of God. There's this work you have to do and this inner work or outer work or, you know, if I could just be a little kinder and a little. So I sought the Lord about that again this weekend. I was like, God, where does that come from? And he reminded me of something. <clears throat> so remember when you used to come to me and you used to say, I feel so unworthy and I feel so then you would go to and you re, would you know, recount all your shortcomings and failures. So yeah, of course I remember that. He said, remember what I told you and taught you to say to the enemy a long time ago because the enemy is the accuser of the brethren and he's telling you this. So yeah, and it came back to me and it was this. I stopped saying, Satan, I rebuke you. I don't receive that. I don't accept that. In Jesus' name, I stopped saying that. This was something I learned a while ago, and God just brought it back to me. You know what I started saying to the enemy? You're listening to me now. You ain't worthy. You, you, know, you, you don't deserve this. You, you, you're never going to be delivered. God don't want you. There's sin in you. You're not right. And I stopped saying to the devil, you're listening to me? You're listening? I say, you're absolutely right. I don't deserve any of this. And everything you're saying about me is true. But Jesus paid the price for me to have it, and so I'm going to have it. And Jesus paid the right, paid the price for me to be here. You're absolutely right. Everything you're saying about me is 100% right. But I got a savior, and you don't. And so I'm going to receive what he says I can have based on the fact that I got a savior. Somebody shout, I got a savior. I got a savior. So who are we going to listen to? So let's, let's go back to this. So we understand what happened. He came, he went to other people and he spoke to them. And so here's what happened after they didn't, received it, the, 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 the apostles didn't receive it. At verse 14, afterwards, he appeared to the 11 apostles themselves. And as they reclined at the table, they relaxing and not, they reclining and not believing. I just want to know, just you know, they're real comfortable and they're not believing. They don't believe he was risen and they relaxed about it. They reclining at the table. And he reproved and reproached them for their unbelief, for their lack of faith and the hardness of their heart because they refused to believe those who had seen him and had looked at him and after he had risen from the dead. Now, so he's upset about it. They came and told you that the, the word was manifested and you still didn't really believe it. I'm not gonna go into all that again this week because that was last week's message. I just wanna make sure I, I put that established down. And he said unto them, go into the world, preach and publish. I'm reading out the Amplified, by the way. Go into the world and, and preach and publish the openly the good news, the gospel to every creature of the whole human race. So he was very, very clear, go into the world and share this good news after they didn't believe it themselves. I need to make sure you understand that the healing process for you not believing what God said he could do for you is for you to go preach the word to everybody else that he could do it for them. I'm gonna say it one more time. If you believe it for healing, and you ain't received healing in your life, 
Go into the world and preach healing to everybody that will listen to you preach it. Lay hands on as many people as you can. Do it, and I guarantee you healing will come to you. Go into the world and preach it. So the rebuke to you is, listen, I said this to the enemy one time. This was a very powerful time, sensitive time. I'm telling you some stuff today. When my son passed away, in the car accident at 17 years old, I was, I, could, I felt this heavy spirit of depression trying to take me and it had me in a grip for a while. But I remember saying to the enemy, you took one of mine, I'm gonna get all of yours. And that's when I went up to St. John's University and I started preaching and convert, trying to convert that whole college. And, and, and that was the motivation. It was like, okay, you hit me, I'm gonna hit you back. I'm gonna hit you back harder. And a lot of y'all are saved today because of that conversation. So he's saying, if you, the rebuke comes and he says, now go and share the good news with everybody. What? The good news that you didn't even believe when you're hurting. Go tell everybody that I'm risen. Go tell everybody that I am alive. Go out there and share that word and make it plain and make it known. And there's a reason why I'm sharing this with you. And this is so huge because where we're going, you're going to see it. He now rebuked them and his charge to them was to go out there and share this good news that they didn't even believe. Are you listening to me? Sitting at the table, reclining, getting back into mediocrity, not believing. He said, now go out there and tell everybody else what you didn't believe. Listen to me close now. Let's, get, let's finish this up. He who believes and adheres and trusts to and relies on the gospel, which is being set forth as good news, and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe, who does not hear the lie to and trust on the gospel and on whom it is set, will be condemned. Now, we got that. This is the point. Here we come. And these attesting signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents, and even if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. They will get well. You will lay hands on the sick. So go out and do it. But I did it. It didn't work. Keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just go out there. Keep doing it. Do 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 it. Just keep doing it. All right. Do you hear what I said? Keep doing it. But I pray for the man. Pray for somebody else. Because he made a very clear distinction. And, this, and those who believe will be saved and those who believe not will be condemned. So your job is to preach it and to go ahead and lay their hands and do the stuff. And whether they believe or not believe is not your business, not your issues, not your concern. Your job is to do it. A lot of you don't lay hands on people and stuff. And you don't do that anymore. And you don't minister like you're used to because you're not enough people responded. So you decided not to go forward and continue to do what God told you to do in his word because you're looking for outcome-based behavior. You're trying to judge the move of God based on the things you see in front of your face. He didn't tell you to look at the signs. He told you just to do the work. Go out there and preach the gospel to every living creature. Some will receive, some will not. Those who receive will be saved. Those who believe not will be condemned. God said this to me a long time ago when I first got saved and I was really going all out trying to preach to everybody. A salesman called me. I was trying to lead them to Christ. Everybody who stood in front of me, I was. Just, I just went on this tangent. Come on, come on, say the prayer with me. Come on, come on. I was trying to rack up numbers. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to get a point. I thought I was like network marketing for God. I was just trying to get me a downline as many people in as I could get. And I was doing it and people would just stop calling me. People didn't want to talk to me. 
And I said, God, I don't understand. Like, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm, you know, sharing the good news to everybody. Everybody's not receiving it. And God said something to me very, very careful. He said to me, son, everybody you witness to is not for salvation. Some is for damnation. I said the gospel would be preached to the world and in the end would come. I didn't say everybody would receive. There are those who will not and they'll be judged, but they will not be able to stand before me and say they did not hear me. I gave you a job to do, and your job is to do that. That's it. That's your job. Whether they receive or not receive is none of your business. Whether they get healed or don't get healed is none of your business. But if God answers the prayer and pay their bills, it's none of your business. Your business is one thing and one thing only. Go into the world and share the good news. Preach the gospel. And I say preach it less with your mouth than anything else with my lifestyle and then my mouth too. But my mouth is included with people should be able to see it on me and go, I, I want what you have, or I want to know more about what you know. But either way, we are called to go and preach the gospel. We good with that? And, and so he said, you drive out some of the scorpions and if they drink anything, but not hurt them. And they, and they would lay hands on the sick and they would get well. So then the Lord afterward, as he spoken to them, was taken up into the heavens. He sat down at the right hand of God. Why? To carry out the work, to give you the power and the anointing, do what he called you to do, the hand of power. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message by attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied. So now we understand he came, stay with me. They didn't believe. He, can't, he showed up. To them personally, he rebuked his own and told them, you got a job. What's your job? Get out there and share what you know. You hearing me? Don't try to preach what I preach. Don't try to sound as eloquent as T.D. Jakes. Come on now. Don't try to get up there and try to hum and haul with them. Just get up there and share what you know. Are you listening to me? Share what you know. Are you listening to me? Share what you know. That's it. That's all you're responsible for. If you're taking notes, write that down. Share what you know. Not what you heard. Not what somebody told you. Not even what I preached. What your experience is. That's what they want to know. They want to know how God has worked for you and moved for you. And like I said, some of them will receive, some of them will not. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is just to share the truth with them. Got it? With that said, I want you to go with me to Acts chapter four. This is going to be a good place. Are we ready? Now, this is after Jesus came, showed himself to a few people, because we look at them as different books, but it's a story. He, he came, the people didn't believe Mary, they didn't believe the other two. He came, rebuked them, and he gave them a charge. What was that charge? I'm, I'm gonna pretend I can hear you. What was the charge? Yes, go into the world and preach this gospel. Get out there and do it. That's the charge. And some will receive, some will not, but it's your job to do it. So 
Starting at verse one, Acts, Acts chapter four, they're doing what he said. And they spoke unto the people and the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they had taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Isn't that what he told them to go do? And now they're doing it. And what's the result of that? The priests and, and, and the Sadducees and the captains, which mean the police, came and grabbed them. They didn't like the fact that they were teaching in the name of Jesus. Are you listening to this? I'm teaching you something here today. And they laid hands on them, not, not like in church, they didn't lay hands on them and say, be healed. They, that means they grabbed them up. They yoked them up is what they mean. They grabbed them. They laid hands on them and put them, and put them, in, into, and put them in hold until the next day. They put them in jail. For it was eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. So even though they're priests and the leaders and all of them, they didn't like it and they came and grabbed them up. They did what they were told to do. And as a result, 5,000 got saved. Are you with me on this? Are you paying attention to this? Are you paying close attention there? I'm teaching you something here right now. And it came to pass on the morrow or the next day, the rulers and the elders and the scribes and Ananias the priest, and I think it's Sapius, and John and Alexander and many of them of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. So they're having a little celebration. They got a whole bunch of the leaders there now. They already grabbed these men up. And when they had set them in the midst of them, they asked, by whose power, by what name have you done this? Now, I need you to understand this. Listen to me close. They saw miracles. People were getting healed. It wasn't just the 5,000 that got saved, but people were getting healed. And they're saying, who gave you the right to go out there and do what you're doing? They upset that people was getting healed and delivered. So don't think just because you go and get people healed and delivered, everybody's going to jump up and clap for you. People going to jump up. Who you think you are? Are you casting out them demons by Satan himself? I see that these, there's whole websites dedicated to mocking preachers and calling them false prophets just because they don't believe in healing and miracles. And these guys are fake because they're teaching you that God wants you well and healed and they got a problem with it. And there's whole things against it. The whole secular media is against it. So he asked him, by what power or by what name, who gave you the right to do this? Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them, you rulers and you people and you elders of Israel. I want you to know that this is Peter saying this. Mr. Deny you three times. I'm bringing this up for a reason. <laughs> I'm going to bring this up for a reason. Once again, the one who seemed to make the biggest fall, Mary the prostitute, Jesus came back to her first. Peter, the denier, stands up now under this power. He's one of the people that was at the table reclining saying, we don't believe, by the way. Peter now, you rulers, you elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of what good deed is done to the important, important man, by what means, by what means he is made whole? 
Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that is the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom you, by the way, who you killed. It was by, it's his name that we're doing this. He made it very clear. Whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doeth this man stand before you and his whole. Now, whew, this is powerful. This is doubting Peter. This is Peter denying Jesus Peter. He's now standing there. No, I, I'm going to make sure you get this. Why did he deny Jesus? Because he saw them putting him to death and he was afraid of the repercussions of these very people who have him right now in their midst and got him in the middle of them pointing at him. You got to understand this people being thrown to the lions, everything. He's there. Who gave you the right to do this? And this same one who denied Jesus because he didn't want to acknowledge him is saying it's by the name of Jesus who you crucified, who is risen from the dead. Now he's speaking boldly. Something that happened. Peter's been changed. Oh my God. I need you to catch these things, not just read these stories. These things are so important. This is the stone which was set at north and the build and of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. So he, he's now throwing scripture at him. He's saying the scripture that you're standing on, that the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Yeah, that's him. He's the chief corner. So he's going even deeper. He's not only saying he's, he, he's alive, he's resurrected. He's saying, and he's the one who was prophesied of the Bible of old as the chief cornerstone that you will reject, that the whole kingdom will be built on. This is a boldness right now. Something is happening in this man right now. This man is willing to take his life at risk to stand by what he believes right now. I, I hope your saints are grabbing what I'm saying to you. This man has made a decision. Okay, you know what? I could keep running, but I'm, I've tried to stand back and face you guys. I ran from you before and I'm getting a second chance. And in this second chance, I'm redeeming the time and I'm going to tell you what the truth is. I'm going to say it whether you like it or not, because somebody say amen to that. Again, they said, whose report you going to believe? You know, they, Jesus told them to go in the world, preach the gospel. They're doing it. And then he goes on to say in verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other than name under heaven given amongst men, whereby you must be saved. Ooh, come on, Peter. Now, when they saw Peter's boldness in John and they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them and that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing. Now, I want you to... <laughs> Another point being made. Are you listening? So they acknowledged that for them to talk like this and be throwing scriptures up at us like this and the chief cornerstone and all that, these men ain't learned, man. They're not saying they ain't been to school. They're saying, you're not trained in, 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 in the Torah. You don't know the Pentateuch. You're not scholars of the Bible, I mean, of the, of the scrolls and the teachings. How are you standing here teaching us what the word says and putting context to it? And you guys, we know you ain't, you know, 
weren't trained in the synagogue. We know that you weren't raised. You're not, you know, none of us assigned you the role of a scholar. Like, how is it that you're standing here giving us not only what you believe, but biblical context? What's the point? How much education you have don't mean nothing when the anointing is on you. That's what it is. He's straight saying it. it. Doesn't matter what your degrees are and all of that. These men, you you guys are fishers and truck drivers and and boating fixers and net washers. And how the heck are you standing here giving us context? Let, let's roll back the clock a little bit, because Jesus said, "Go and preach this good news." And these signs will follow those who do it and believe. And, and he went forward with them and he did it. And the signs follow. This is part of the signs follow, not just healings and miracles. They're now speaking stuff and, and revealing deep mysteries that was not revealed to these, these scribes and these Pharisees and, and Sadducees. And they are now sitting there listening to these men and then looking at them and seeing the Guy standing right there with him, like, I'm here, standing up, ta-da, you know, you know what, what he said. And they could say nothing. But it gets deeper. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred amongst themselves. So they said, we can't, we can't even respond to this. This is so accurate. Let's send them outside for a minute. Let's come up with a plan. This is just this is the council now. And they conferred amongst themselves saying, what shall we do with these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done by them and is manifested to them all that dwelled in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. Are you reading this? There's been a powerful miracle and we can't even deny it but that it spread no further amongst the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth no to no man in this name, in the name of Jesus. Don't do it anymore. That's, we, we see what it is. We see it's God. It's very clear to all of us that there's a mighty move. What, what are we going to do about it? Well, let's just threaten them and tell them they can't do it anymore. Sound familiar? Sound like the world you're living in and your job and your everywhere else? Let's just threaten them. Let's just tell them, don't do it anymore. You're not allowed to do that. It's against the law. And it's so funny because I've worked in companies and I've learned, you, know, you can't say stuff like that. And I'm like, why not? You can say everything else. But here you go. They said, we're gonna, we don't want this to spread anymore. We can't deny it. Read the verse before, the end of 16. We, you know, we can't deny what they're saying is true, but let's still shut them up. Eighteen, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, "Whether it be right for us in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than to God, you judge." He said, "So wait, basically, so we should be threatened by you or listen to God. You tell us what you think is right." Because, you know, he's being, he being a wise guy, he's being a smart guy, but he said, so basically you're telling me to choose you and judge what I'm going to say over God to not offend you. 
Yeah, you 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 figure that one out, genius. You figure that out. And then he said, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What did I say a little while ago? Tell your story. Tell what you know. Don't try to talk like me. Don't try to talk like Joel Osteen. Don't try to talk, don't try to watch somebody's thing on TV and go and preach it. Tell your story. Tell what you know. That's going to speak to the people that God has sent you to speak to. They want to know your story. They want to know how God has moved in your life. They want to know what God has done for you. They want to know how God has healed you. You may not be eloquent. You may not be educated. You may not be able to speak like me. Doesn't matter. Made it very clear. Tell your story. We can't help but to speak what we know, what we experience, what we've heard. We can't help but to speak that. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing of how they may punish them. Because all of the, because all of the people, all the men glorify God for what's, what's done. So hey, what you gonna do? You're gonna say, well, we're gonna beat you for, the, for, for healing people. <laughs> and they probably wanna do that privately, but not publicly. For the man was above 40 years old of whom this miracle of healing was shown. And being let go, I want you to, here we go, ready? After they let them go, they went their own, to their own company. They went back to the other disciples and, and other believers and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. <sighs> Verse 24, all day just to get here. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voices to God in one accord and said, Lord, Thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. By whom the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for a truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou has anointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and all of the people of Israel have gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand, their hands and their counsel determined before to be done. Now here's what I want you to grab, ready? And then they, then they say this thing right here. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Listen to what they're saying to us. And grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. What did they pray for? No, God, make them accept us. God, make them love us. Make them change the rules so that, you know, we can put Christ back in the schools. No, he said, grant us boldness that regardless of what they say, we go speak. We're going to share our truth regardless. Grant us boldness. Are you listening to this? That we may speak your word. And by stretching forth our hand to heal and with signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Hmm. Where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with 
boldness. Jesus gave him a charge. Jesus gave us a charge. Don't, don't be faithless. Only believe. Go forth and speak the word. But what if the people don't like me and they don't accept me? Then pray to God that he give you boldness. Speak it anyway. And to lay hands. Miracles and signs and wonders. We don't have that anymore in the church. It's different. Christians lay hands on Christians. Believers on believers. We lay hands on each other. We're reclining at the table. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you how to do it. That's between you and God. There's clearly a charge here. And that charge is that we're to go out and we're to speak it. And for those, I mean, I can walk up to strangers and lay hands on them, but for those who want it, I'm going to give it. I'm going I'm to I'm lay hands on them. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care who's around. I don't care who's looking. And I don't care how it looks to people. And I don't care who don't like it. And if they don't like it, then we're going to pray for boldness. But the thing that hit me was they were there in one accord. They were there with one accord. And they prayed. So verse 32, and the multitude of them that believed were of the heart, of one heart and one soul. Wow, we could just get that in, in just in the church. Neither of them had aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they all had all things in common. And with great power, God gave, to the, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the grace was upon them all. So, God's grace poured upon me and you is when he gives us a charge. We go out and we do what we know to do. And even if they come against us, I said it, like I said in Mark 16, those who believe will be saved, those who not be damned. So it's very clear there'll be some who believe and there'll be some who don't. It's very clear. But go preach it anyway. Share as God leads you to share. Minister as God leads you to minister. Lay hands and pray as you get the opportunities to do so. And don't let anybody back you down. Started with how high is free. We're bringing it in with whose report, because at the end of the day, the power of God is manifested in very simple truths. The very simple truth is Jesus came, he died for our sin, he rose on the third day, and in him you can have eternal life. That's it. There's not a whole bunch of depth that you got to go to. Then share your story. Share what you've seen. Share your witness. Tell them what God has done for you. Those who receive and believe will be saved. Those who don't, well, they'll be damned. That's not your problem. And those who come to oppose you, even them, if we're walking in this power, they, they can make threats, but they got to let you go because they can't deny. They won't be able to deny that the power of God is truly working in you. Amen. And amen.